In today's episode of Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, we talk about a supremely silly but irresistibly catchy song. We use the terms denigrate and Glaswegian with extreme confidence. And we don't talk about the other 9 to 5 song. This is Morning Train, bracket 9 to 5, by Sheena Easton on Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. Bill, I have a question for you. Do you believe in fate? Frank, I don't believe in fate. I believe in destiny. Whether you believe in fate or destiny or destiny's child, the universe brought two songs together from across an ocean. Nine to Five by Dolly Parton and Nine to Five Morning Train by Sheena Easton. Two songs, two number one songs come together within weeks of each other on the pop charts. Absolutely insane. I don't think it's ever happened that there'd be two songs with the same name hitting number one, but not covers of each other. Two songs with the same name that are fundamentally so opposite from each other. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Completely different. We had originally just wanted to do 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton, but then found that there was the Shina Easton 9 to 5 and thought about trying to include that in the Dolly Parton episode, but found out that we could not do that because Sheena Easton needed her own episode. Yeah, and this song, their similarities, their opposite similarities. What's the opposite of similarities? I think we call them opposites. Opposites. Okay, well, okay, so not opposite similarities. Dissimilarities? Dissimilarities. Wait a second. There's a bit, wait, I should know this as an English teacher. Give me a second there. Uh, Contrasts. Contrasts. There it is. Okay. There's similarities, there are contrasts, there's music videos, there's music, there's love, there's everything in these two songs. But we are here to speak only on Morning Train, 9 to 5 by Sheena Easton today. So the original title to the song is 9 to 5, written with numbers. Nine, yes. 2 T-O, though. 9 T-O, 5, the number. Changed in America to morning train, bracket 9 in letters to 5 letters. Yeah, and it's just crazy to me because this song came out, morning train, and we'll refer to yeah, it as yeah. morning train 9 to 5. Yeah. Morning train 9 to 5 came out in England before 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton in America. Yeah. So this song existed in the same sort of time creatively as 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. Yeah. A little bit of trivia for you. Just found out today that initially when it came out in the States, Morning Train just had the 9 to 5, the exact same as Dolly Parton. Okay. And within a 24-hour period, they had to recall every single record from the stores and change it to Morning Train. Oh, really? They said within a 24-hour turnaround, they thought it would kill the momentum of sales, but actually kind of did the opposite. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, totally crazy. So originally, I thought that this song was kind of a joke and I was disparaging it. And the more I listened to it, the more I couldn't stop. And here's why. I just need to say this. The Dolly Parton song is incredible. We already talked about that. 
But morning train is the truer guilt-free pleasure. Yes. Because it is so stupid. Yeah. But, and this is admitted by the songwriter. We'll get to that later. But it is a song that can be made fun of, attacked for all sorts of reasons. But you keep coming back to it because you like it, even yeah. though you could be made fun of it. No one will make fun of you for liking Dolly Parton. She is a saint, right? The, no one's going to make fun of you, but people will make fun of you for this. Yes. But we will not make fun of you. No, not at all. Welcome to our club. If we were making fun of you for liking it, we would have to make fun of ourselves for liking it. That'd be like pointing a finger at someone and having three fingers pointing right back at you. Yeah. Because the thumb just points right to the air. Yeah, straight up to heaven. Yep. Thumbs up. Hey. All right. So, history of Sheena Easton. And as much as this is a Sheena Easton episode, and I said that we are speaking on her solely, and Bill said that, and then Bill said stuff about Dolly Parton, I'm also going to go back to Dolly Parton a little bit here. I feel it's like saying literally, but when we say solely, we don't mean only. No. And we just mean solely. We mean kind of. It's all about soul. Anyhow, Sheena Easton, much like Dolly Parton, grew up in a poor family, a large poor family. They're Glaswegian, right? They're from Glasgow? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Born in 1959. Her father passes away in 1969. She's the... Fourth of six children, I think, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Dolly Parton was the fourth of 12 children, is that right? I'm going to say yes. Okay. Well, that was a previous episode. You can check that out. Fact checked ourselves. Again, we're not married to the truth here. No, no. And this is not about Dolly Parton. No, this is about Shanice. That's right. Also, I use the term Glaswegian, and you didn't blink an eye at that. Well, that's the proper term for is people it? from Glasgow. That's right. Well, I'm also a little bit upset that you didn't bat an eye at it because I was actually correct. And that's oh, that I something that it. usually doesn't happen. Well, see, I have family from Scotland, so I understand these sorts of things. Yeah. So she hears Barbara Streisand singing when she's a kid. Maybe she's 12 years old or something like that. And here's a Barbara Streisand song, decides she wants to be a singer. Ends up having really good marks at school. Goes to the Glasgow School of Performing Arts. No, she went to the Royal Scottish Academy of Music and Drama. Where was that? In Glasgow. Okay, okay, good. No, no, she's from Glasgow. Okay, good. So we, we got that so far. All right, we're doing really well with oh, yeah, absolutely. our facts here. So she goes there and she trains to be a teacher? Yeah. According to the Wikipedia page, she went into the teaching thing so she could focus more on the singing rather than going into performance. And that seems strange to me. For a couple of reasons. One is, if she was in performance, that would make more sense. She learned how to sing. But the other is, it was kind of insulting saying that if they went into my profession, they could spend a lot more time doing other things because clearly she didn't have to do a lot. Yeah, no, I could see how you could get upset about that. How much time do you spend each day at school working on the podcast, Bill? Oh, we don't need to talk about that right now. Um, you know, I... I'm a dedicated teacher, and, uh, you know, that's all that matters. I think we have to go with quality over quantity, and that would go for either one of them and any way you want to take that, especially if you're my boss. I also read somewhere that she got into teaching because she's so pragmatic that if the whole performing singing career didn't take off, she had something to fall back on. So, I mean, good for her for looking at the future, I guess. 
So she ends up on the show called The Big Time because one of her tutors at the school encouraged her to try out for this BBC show called The Big Time. Yeah. Which was all about giving people the opportunity to do something like pursue fame of some sort i thought it was all about singing but it turns out it was like i want to be a stock car racer i want to be a great cook there's all these different episodes okay and there's only one episode about someone who wanted to be a singer and it was the sheena Sheena easton episode so that came out in 1980 yeah and i think it's the first kind of example of reality tv for sure this is kind of like a pop idol but just solely focused on her i watched the episode actually okay And they go through EMI giving her a tryout Mm -hmm. and the sexism of record companies or just the jerkiness of them isn't hidden as much as it is now. Yeah. And they're awful. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Just little things they say. Like, I mean, I guess they're being honest. So there's something refreshing about it. But it's also awful because it's true. (laughs) They said the first thing we look at is how does she look? Does she look good? Check. Next, can she sing? Wasn't the opposite. Yeah, you think it goes the other way, right? Yeah, but not at all. And I get it because it's all about the look and everything. And so they heard her sing and signed her right away. So it worked out. And the show follows her recording the song called Modern Modern Girl. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. And that was what they focused on for the episode. And it ends with Modern Girl not doing so well on the charts. Mm -hmm. And she's still positive at the end but they don't know where it's going and she says well i have another single we just finished recording and hopefully that'll come out and we'll see and that was the end of the episode yeah but but modern girl comes out Mm -hmm. before the episode comes out correct yeah so it was the actually the way i read it was her appearance on big time is what propelled Modern Girl to, I think it made it to number eight on the UK charts? Yeah. So what happened was the episode comes out nine to five, or as we are going to call it, Morning Train is released. Because of the episode, Morning Train now gets this traction and starts shooting up. So they re-release Modern Girl. Oh, That shoots up. So Morning Train hits number three in the UK and Modern Girl hits number eight. Yes. Fascinatingly, Modern Girl and Morning Train are basically the opposite themes. So Modern Girl is, she's a modern girl. She doesn't need a guy. was one of okay, the things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Morning Train is like, oh, I can't wait for my man to come home. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. waited all day for him. <laughs> so it is something that, to see. They're just like, here's a single, here's a single. They've written a song. Let's get her to sing it. And in the episode of Big Time, you can see her slowly gaining confidence. Okay. And finding herself. And watching the trajectory of her career, she finds herself too. She gets out of, you know, the boxes that she's put in. Yeah. It's amazing how people talk to her in the episode. Oh, really? They had one manager. Check it out. Oh, yeah. One manager looks at her and she was Lulu's manager. And the woman says to her, you're not really cut out to be a star. You don't look unique enough. You're good looking, and so you'll be great on TV, but you're not special. Something like that. It was pretty tough, but she yeah. takes it in stride. But it, little did they know, Sheena Easton's career is going to take off. So she has Morning Train, this modern girl song. And as this is ascending, the James Bond people yes, that's right. pick her, and they record, and I think 1981 as well, they record for your eyes only. Yeah. This is before things are even hitting number one. So while Morning Train is starting to ascend the charts in the US, she has recorded this for your eyes only. And then she's the only singer ever featured at the beginning of a Bond 
movie where you see her face like a music video. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I did not know that. Yeah. And it's very strange to see it, like why they put her face there. But well, I know why they put her face there. Yeah. She's... An attractive woman. Yeah, she is. And it is um, so different already from Morning Train and the music video, mm-hmm. which we will most definitely get to. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, and Sheena's uh, career, of course, takes off. She's going to change directions with the unbelievable song Strut. And then Prince comes along and yeah. things just just keep going. And so, she has a career of the 80s. And then by the 90s, things kind of tail kind off. Of tail bit, off. Right? She's still touring. Actually, she was at the uh, casino last year. Oh, was she? Yeah, we always miss oh, these geez, concerts. Yeah. We'll get back on them. But she's still recording. She's still very popular. She's still hitting those notes. I've, oh, wow. I've watched a couple of videos, so she's doing great. Nice. As it often happens with our episodes, I get lucky when I'm typing things online in terms of research. And I was able to find an interview with the actual writer of this song flory palmer yeah okay oh cool and it was with her manager and she called him johnny but it might be grenville sterling or granville sterling i was trying to find his instagram page but it's no longer up okay but there's her manager who spent all this money this song called nine to five that she wrote and there's a version of her singing it i'll post it in show notes okay oh cool and it doesn't do much, but he plays it for other people to try to get traction on it. It doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, just nothing happens. Nothing yeah. happens. And when she wrote the song, I guess she was a she's a singer-songwriter, which was kind of rare for females, according to Flory Palmer back then <laughs> in the late 70s. It was tricky, the business. I'm, I can imagine after watching part of the big time. Well, after, yeah, watching what uh, Sheena Easton went through. Right? Yeah. So, Flory Palmer said that she was working on this other song that she wanted to be a hit, and it wasn't coming together. And then her manager hears her playing this song just on the side. And he says, what is that? And she said, oh, it's like a stupid song. It's a stupid song about a morning train or something like that. And yeah. he's like, okay, we got to do it. This is a great song. And of course, it doesn't go anywhere. They they put together a version that sounds a lot like Shane Easton's. Yeah. But Chris Neal, I think that's his name. Chris Neal, is that the producer, Christopher Neal? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He calls up the manager of Flory Palmer and says, hey, you know that song, that morning train song that you had written? We have somebody who we're trying to get a single for, and this is Sheena Easton. We're trying to get a second single for her. Would you be willing to give that song to us? And so he asked Flory Palmer, and she's like, well, whatever. It's doing nothing. And that's how the song comes over to Sheena Easton. Okay. And so Flory Palmer, she's now releasing stuff. She's a, like, she wrote a, made a comic book in the 90s about... The music industry. Oh, really? And oh, now geez. she writes under a pen name, I think Nina Black or something like that, like mystery novels or something. Okay. Yeah. Oh, geez. Okay. There was my deep research. Yeah. I had no idea it was essentially a cover, right? Yeah. And, but the song really wasn't uh, released at all. So the song, was, I think it was like passed around, but oh, never okay. released. Okay. So it was trying to, yeah, trying yeah. to get some sort of uh, promotion or... Yeah. Uh, deal behind it. Yeah. So nothing happened, but now this song comes out and does great. And it's time that we dive into or take a ride on that morning train. <laughs> So that opening is uh, iconic for us because, of course, we heard it as kids. And 
with all guilt-free pleasures, it's so embedded into our memories before we had any critical ability to filter things out. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just as well. This is awesome. Yeah. But you got those drums. Yeah. The and, uhs. And then the saxophone. You're exactly. And some clapping, I think, too, right? It just has everything hitting at once. And so it has that 1950s throwback. Yes. As Tom Bryhan says, it's somebody in England trying to sound like American music from the yeah, 50s. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. But to be fair, there's a lot of music from England coming over. So it's not, it's it's just this 1980s sound desperately trying to sound 30 years earlier or 20 years earlier. And you can never really go back. No, 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 no. All those elements work together to create a song that should not be as popular as it was. No. It's so cheesy. And so childlike or old people-like. You know what I mean? It's music theater. Yeah, this is not any... It's not meatloaf-style musical theater. No, 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 no. It's not anything that's going to come in the future, too. It's this particular moment in time, which is 1981? 1981, yep. Well, I think it was recorded in 80, but released in 81. But this sort of song, within two years from this moment there's no way it's going to be making any moves no, no this no, is no. in a sense understood as elevator music to me i, I understand it as heavenly music <laughs> but to the uh critics well i mean we're we're, we're music critics I, sh- I shouldn't denigrate ourselves no i don't know what that means um make fun of ourselves oh i meant critics oh i thought you meant denigrate like degrade oh, i don't know what that means either <laughs> I feel our podcast is both musical criticism and also a love letter to the songs we've grown up with. I don't know about love letter. I call it fanboying. Why don't we work through that first verse? I wake up every morning. I stumble out of bed, stretching and yawning another day ahead. It seems to last forever. And time goes slowly by. Till babe and me's together, then it starts to fly. This verse is really flying. I and mean, thinking about her singing it, it moves so quickly. How difficult was it for you not to sing? Oh my like, goodness. The, I wake up every morning and stumble out of bed. It's so catchy. And she has a way of singing her vowels, like on bed. It's like, it's like yeah. bed. I don't know if it's a Scottish well, it's accent. a Glaswegian thing. Oh, yeah. But either way, it's till babe and me's together, time starts to fly. Because the moment that he's with me, time can take a flight. The moment that he's with me, everything's all right. Nighttime is the right time. We make love. Then it's his and my time. We take off. I wake up every morning. I stumble out of bed. I stretch it and a yawning. Another day ahead. It seems to last forever. And time goes slowly by. Okay, as someone who has a half-English degree, yeah, how difficult is it for you to read these lyrics? It's tough because just in general poetry, even teaching poetry to like grade nines is like, okay, I know you want to rhyme every single word. And I feel like they're words and it's I need to rhyme a word. Bed, ahead, by, fly, flight, all right, love, off. And it's just 
moving so quickly and some of it yeah, seems so silly love doesn't rhyme with off love rhymes with of yeah but i think so you says, need to like lose an f at the end i think that. she lost an f there yeah also um i mean there's things to go through one is it's just i mean we're gonna get later on where they're just it feels like they're searching for words that rhyme yeah it's fine but it also feels so silly what do we have she's waking up the day is going ahead and time goes slow because her man's at work She's just waiting for him, like a cat at a window. I mean, not a cat, because cats don't even care, right? But it's like, yeah. she's a she's just waiting. She's a golden retriever. Golden retriever. She's just waiting. And then when her babe's there, then time goes by fast. Yeah. But she also says, nighttime is the right time. We make love. Then it's his and my time. We take off. Like, wait a second. They're making love before they go out? Some people do that, Bill. Oh, like, I don't know. I don't even know how that night's going to go. I, I'm hoping it's out of time because that's kind of crazy. I don't know what they're, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're booking dinner reservations or what, but I mean. I don't know if it's good or bad time management. In the world of guilt-free pleasures, that action happens at the end of the night. Yeah, when you're sitting by the fire with a glass of red wine. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't make sense in guilt-free pleasure universe yeah. that this would ever happen. So... I want to say the opening of the first verse is very similar to the opening of the first verse of 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. The one we're not talking about. The one we're not talking right, about. Right, okay. But we're going to talk about this. All right, let's do it. Because in 9 to 5 Dolly Parton, it's all about waking up and just getting ready for the day. And same thing. I wake up every morning, stumble out of bed, stretching and yawning another day ahead. In 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton, she's talking about getting up having that cup of ambition, taking a shower, getting ready for the day. But this is where, after the first two lines of the first verse, this is where they take diverging paths. So one is getting ready to go to work and the other is getting ready to wait for her man to come home. <laughs> it is awful. It, like, it's it's so bad. It's so bad. The only reason it can be a guilt-free pleasure is because it's so ludicrous. Yeah. That people can not work and that's okay. But the idea of pining for somebody that you have no meaning outside of the person betrays her first single, Modern yeah. Girl. It's unreal. Thank goodness the song sounds so good. Yeah, exactly. But that sort of takes it back to the feel of the song in the sense that it has that 1950s, 1960s sort of aesthetic feel to it where, you know, it was the single income family and the wife stayed at home and she was a, a homemaker and the man of the house went out to earn the paycheck and come home. And that's all she did was she worked around the house or and just waited for him to come home. And that's that was her meaning was her man coming home. It's so tough for us to talk about it because it's so bizarre to us. Like, I think we're all uncomfortable talking about what the theme is of this because yeah. it's so ludicrous. Yeah. And the notion of someone's existence depending on their boyfriend or girlfriend even, either... Their partner, whoever oh, it is. Oh, it's so yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. It's so stupid. But the reason it's forgivable, and I, I hesitate to say it because I know people can be offended, that chorus is so infectious. Oh, absolutely. And so you get this ridiculous verse, but it moves so fast, all it wants is to get to the chorus. Yeah, exactly. That train is just bolting ahead to get to the chorus. So here we go. My baby takes the morning train. He works from nine to five. And then he takes another home again to find me waiting for him. And then she repeats that. Takes 
So I get the feeling that she doesn't even understand what he does at work, other than working from nine to five. It feels like those old shows where the dad goes off to work, and I don't know what did the dad well, he's do. He's a in, businessman. What did the guy do in Leave he's as a, a Beaver? Businessman. What did uh, Ward, Ward Cleaver? Yeah. What did he do? I don't know. Sold cleavers. <laughs> That's the horror version of Leave as a Beaver. <laughs> all right. But they, yeah, all those shows they they would sell widgets or like it was advertising or something. Yeah. I, I don't even know. Yeah. But I know he takes a morning train to go to work and then comes back. Yeah. To and find her waiting for him. Yeah. And then luckily, she's going to tell us what they do. I mean, she did tell us in the first verse exactly. one of the things they do. Yeah. They but make love before they go before out. Before they go out. And now when that's they go out. to me. That's not sustainable as a practice. No. <laughs> verse two. He takes me to a movie or to a restaurant. One or the other, I guess. To go slow dancing anything I want. Only when he's with me, I catch a light. Only when he gives me, makes me feel all right. There's some grammatical stuff I'm not quite understanding there. No, exactly. But, but they want to get to those um, rhyming words. and um, Well, and they want to get back to the chorus. Exactly, which they're going to get to. But yeah. they're going to movies, restaurants, slow dancing. Not a movie or a restaurant. Right. It, it's one or the other, Bill. Well, I guess like popcorn will suffice for the food. I guess so. That's the 80s. I don't know what they ate in the early 80s. There's no, there's no dinner and a movie dates. No. They didn't have a Costco where they could buy those cards. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I just have written here, great vocal. I just love the sound of her voice. Yes. Or as they say in the biz, I like her tone. And so this is a very young Sheena Easton, but giving it her all in the studio. And I think Chris Neal produced this as well. I know he did actually. Mm-hmm. And he's able to draw out of her this fantastic vocal for yeah. a new singer who is not quite there yet. But when you see live things that she does within a year or two she hits all these notes and it sounds great sarah on the tonight show there's a concert in hollywood that she just was on yeah good thing she didn't take the teaching route yeah do you ever wonder what your life would have been like had you gone to the pop star route instead of teaching well see frank everything else fell apart for me and teaching was my last resort (laughs) (laughs) so after we go back to that chorus the morning train we hit up the bridge Yes. Oh, my goodness. And she takes that to new heights vocally. Wow. What a sound. Like, she goes, uh, is she mezzo-soprano? I don't, I'm I'm trying to throw down words I don't know the meaning of. Sure. Either way, whatever it means, she's got a high voice and she goes to new heights. Yes. All day I think of him dreaming of him constantly, which is what all day I think of him means. Yes. (laughs) I'm crazy mad for him and he's crazy mad for me. When he steps off that train, this is where things get confusing to me. They need a rhyming word to get to play all night. But when he steps off that train, amazingly full of fight. Because on Genius.com, I think, or one of the other ones, what did they have instead? I have, I'm making a fool a fight. Yeah, misheard lyric. It's actually amazingly full of fight. Work all day to earn his pay so he can play all night. It is doesn't make sense to use the term amazingly full of fight, but I think the idea is like ready to get going in the world. He's working nine to five, and then he's going to come home, make love to her, 
Then they're going to go to a restaurant or a movie. They're going to slow dance. Yeah. You've got to be at least at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night by now. Yeah, that's not a weekday thing. Insane. Yeah. From the sounds of this song, he does this every single day. That's bonkers. He blows his paycheck every day. That is a completely unsustainable relationship. Yeah. Which would explain why she ends up doing other music later, because yeah. the relationship's toast. But also that lyric in the bridge there, when she sings, he steps off that train. What's the, the proper lyric? Because I have the improper lyric. Amazingly full of fight. Amazingly full of fight. Why not, when he steps off that train, everything's all right? Because that rhymes with night. Did she? But she said everything's all right in the first verse. I think they're trying not to repeat themselves. Well, don't poke holes in the way that I'm rewriting history here. How about he's full of might? He's full of might, yeah. M-I-T-E, though. <laughs> he's full of might. Okay, wait, let me try this. <laughs> That's not attractive. All right, it is Scotland, so what about a handful of Marmite? Or is that... That's Australia. That's Australia. No, um, Vegemite's Australia. Vegemite. Yeah. Marmite. Is Marmite... Did I make that up? No, I think that's a thing. Oh. Amazingly a fight or whatever. That Maybe that's some sort of Glaswegian slang. Oh, you're right. I didn't catch that. That might be it. Unless when I was visiting Glasgow, they warned me about the amazingly full of fight and so told me what colors not to wear and where to stay away from. Yeah. Okay. Also, I don't know if our listeners have picked up on this. My new favorite word is Glaswegian. You nailed that word. Back to the chorus. Back to the chorus. <laughs> because that's what we're all about. Yeah. And it's again and again and again. We go all the way through. And they repeat it, I think, three times. Yeah. And each time there's a different key change, I think. <laughs> yeah. And it's got that showtimey vibe. That's what yes. I have written there. Does that sound fair? Yeah. I have musical theater. That's, That's what I'm thinking. That sounds better than showtimey. Yeah. Yeah. Question for you, Frank. What part of the song brings you joy? Oh, the saxophones. Okay. The chorus is amazing and everything, but the saxophones, like right at the beginning, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier too. Our early episodes were all about sax music. Yeah. Living our best sax life. Yeah. We kind of went away from that. There hasn't been a lot of songs that have been heavy saxophone songs. Yeah. But this one, it's just a thread through the whole song and it helps just pull it along. Oh, yeah. It just, it's driving that train. Or conducting it. I don't know. Conducting sounds to, to our uh, train drivers out there. <laughs> <laughs> I think conducting is the word. Okay. Also, I think conductor is the word and not train driver. <laughs> so I like train driver. Yeah. I agree with you in terms of saying that the chorus is the thing. Yeah. When you're a kid, everyone knew the chorus to this. Just like everyone knew the chorus to that other song we're not talking about called 9 to 5 by Dolly yeah. Parton. But in this one, the part that gives me joy outside of the chorus is at the very end of the bridge when she says, work all day to earn his pay so we can play all night. And like, oh. And then those drums, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. I think there's drums there. If not, I hear those drums too.
that chorus is so good. I wanted to hate this song. It's impossible to hate this song. It's a dumb idea, but it's so catchy. Yeah, oh, absolutely. (laughs) So I feel we can laugh at it and enjoy it. And it's, of course, we've done that in pop culture a lot. And this, this will come up later, I figure. I know I said the saxophone is what brings me joy, and I really, really do love the sax in this. Yeah. But if the chorus wasn't so bouncy and infectious like it is, even talking about the chorus, I'm if you can watch yeah, me right yeah, now, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sort of shoulder dancing. Cause you can't listen to this song or you can't listen to this chorus and not shoulder dance the way that I am. My baby ducks the morning train. You're gonna, you're gonna do great when you have to do those water aerobics when you're about <laughs> 85 years old. <laughs> so, uh, okay, a couple things we've we've gone over. We have no idea what this guy does for a living, but we no. know he blows his money on going out every night, and it's not sustainable. This relationship's not sustainable. Seinfeld used this song twice. Yes, that's right. So they used it for the Bizarro Jerry episode where Kramer got a job. Yes. And then they also used it for the butter shave episode where George was feigning injury and taking that like chair up the stairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's strange Seinfeld would do this twice, which I'm sure is a bit of trivia. And so clearly they love the idea of this song. So it's come up in other things, come up in other movies too. Euro Trip, I saw some clips of, and yeah. there's a couple other movies that used it too. Yeah, it was also used in an episode of uh, South Park. So the infamous Kenny Dies episode where the Kenny who dies in every single episode was supposedly killed off for real. Did he come back in the next episode? I don't know if he came back in the next episode. I don't really watch the show, but I remember that was a big sort of thing at the time. Right. Uh, But it was also used in an episode of Will and Grace. Okay. So definitely beloved in pop culture. Yeah. Despite its ridiculous lyrics. Or be, or um, because of them. Yeah. I think that's it. We, we just like that. Despite or in spite. Mm. I think it means the same thing. Does it? And why does it? Why is it spelled and sound differently? Uh, we're gonna need Bruce back <laughs> to talk to us about this. But we also have. Don't, don't no no don't dodge the question. If you're so sure that they mean the same thing, explain to me what they mean. Well, despite this, I am going to do the following things. No, no, no. I think you start, the sentence would start with, in in spite of your attacks on my understanding of grammar, I'm going to continue talking. Or, I'm going to continue talking despite your attacks on my grammar. I think that's why. That's how we do it. Yeah, I checked out. Yeah, no, I I think it still means the same thing. (laughs) But I know Bruce would have an answer, and he's or, kick, he's right now yelling the answer yeah. into his um, earbuds. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, the music video. We need to talk about this music video. Tom Bryan does a great job of talking about the music video, saying it looks like her boyfriend in the music video is a conductor, which means he has the worst job ever, because he has to take a train to go be a conductor <laughs> of a train, and then after he's conducting the train, he has to get onto another train to go back home. Oh, the man loves trains. Yeah. I mean, that would be Rod Stewart's dream job. Oh, for sure. It opens with her on a bike 
going to where her boyfriend clearly works. Her best man. Her best man. But this betrays the song because she's supposed to be waiting at home for him to come home, but she can't even be bothered. And the lyric, when he steps off that train, amazingly full of fight. So it sounds like she's waiting for him at the train station. So maybe she goes to drop him off and bring him back home. Maybe they double on the bike. (laughs) On the bike. All right, I have this written down. You ride a bike regularly. I'm terrified of roads. Last time I was on a bike was in 2008. But I still think I ride a bike better than Sheena Easton. Because I have written down here, does she know how to ride a bike? Because (laughs) while she's riding, she keeps looking at the wheels. She looks like she's not certain about herself. Especially as she gets near the train station, she looks a bit nervous. Yeah. I mean, I would be nervous riding that close to the rails, but still, she's going too slow, and that's why she's moving. You know, when people drive slow, they start moving yeah, in they front get of the, the bike, wobbles, yeah. and she's wobbling. Yeah. She doesn't know how to ride a bike. I thought the video was a bit underwhelming. She described it as kind of being like haphazard, that she did her own makeup. She just oh, okay. chose something to wear. Yeah. And so, she looks like she's always dressed to go work in an office herself. Yeah. Which kind of seems to betray the whole notion that she'd just be home working, but it looks like she's ready to work in an office. Also, you don't wear those clothes when you're trying to clean a train. Clean a train? Well, she's she's buffing the train. Oh, that's right. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Why would you buff a train? I don't even get that. Because a euphemism, Bill. I kind of caught it in the video that there might be something more going on. Yeah. yeah. It's very subtle. Yeah. I mean, the guy is kind of a hunk driving the train. He's a good looking guy. You don't put unattractive people in videos. No, they're both attractive, but it sounds like they never thought it would be shown 40 years later. Yeah. (laughs) And Bruce Hornsby talks about this too. He goes, if only I knew music videos were actually a thing, we wouldn't have made so many bad music videos. (laughs) (laughs) This is a bad music video. Oh, absolutely. She hits her stride with strut. Yes. I just can't say that enough. What a great song that is. And the video is just like, she is on. And Bruce Hornsby's in the video. Is he? Go figure. Yeah. He I plays didn't... keyboards. Oh, okay. A little bit of trivia for Oh, you. cool. Yeah. I wish Bruce Hornsby was driving this train. Yeah. I think Bruce Hornsby could be a good train driver. And how cruel is it that your name's Hornsby and you're known for playing piano? I know. it's. A, it just seems like a, a, a missed opportunity yeah, there. Yeah. All right. If you could make a better music video, what would it be? If I was going to make a better music video, it would kind of be in the Wes Anderson aesthetic. Yep, yep. But it would be her waiting at home because that's what the song is about, her just waiting at home for her man to come to come back. So it has that really 50s sort of glam chic vibe about it. Yep. And she's singing about waiting, but there's also showing clips of what he's doing during the day, thinking about her waiting for him oh, okay. to come home. Yeah. And he's doing whatever businessmen do. Selling cleavers or widgets or whatever it is. My my vision of it would be that it's like the streets on fire scene for I Can Dream About You <laughs> okay. with the Sorrell singing. Okay. And so she'd be singing with this whole backup crew and be like the 1950s vibe. Okay. It would give her a little more power and it would give her the sense that she's this singer singing a 1950s style song for an entire crowd of people. Okay. And so that would be... A, at least would help with the content of the song. Yeah, the content is a little bit problematic for me. Yeah. But I think with my version of the video, it's meant to be kind of tongue-in-cheek, I think. Right. I hope. Yeah. Does that make sense? Does that make me a little more sensitive to the theme? Oh, no, I yeah, I think so. I also think you're thinking... You're a good liar, Bill. Yeah. 
A category we never miss, and for this one, we can't miss, Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton destroys the universe. Yes, absolutely. And you and I know exactly where it's going to happen. Yeah. So he's going to cover this song, but he's going to go for it. Where does he destroy the universe? It's, and it's like a rip through the universe. Yeah, it's in the bridge. And it's going to be when he says, when he steps off the train, he's going to say off and he's going to split the sort of, I don't know, I'd say space-time continuum, but I think he'll split... He'll a, split the multiverse. Yeah. And I think when Michael Bolton does it and does the video in the Wes Anderson glam chic yeah. sort of style, he's the one waiting at home. Mm-hmm. So it's the flip turn on this one. Right, right, right. Tell me about your mixtape. Okay, my mixtape, it's very similar to the theme of Downtown Train by Rod Stewart. Right. If you listen to that episode, it's... Songs with transportation in the title. So many songs. So many songs. So I will start with Downtown Train by Rod Stewart. Great. Leaving on a Jet Plane, Peter, Paul, and Mary. Okay. I was going to put... Chantal Kravizak? No, uh, John Denver. Oh, okay. But I prefer the Peter, Paul, and Mary Me too. Me too. I Drove All Night by Roy Orbison. Sailing by Christopher Cross. Vegetable Car by Joshua Radden. All right. Okay. And we are going to close it all off with The Good Ship Lollipop by Shirley Temple. Wow. You went in a total (laughs) other direction. That is killing our mixtape. Okay. That's fine. All right. My (laughs) mixtape. I am so happy. I don't know how to respond to that. I am so happy with that last pick. Oh, my goodness. All right. My pick for the mixtape is The Day of Sheena Easton's character for Morning Train. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, it took me a while, but... Like more than the five minutes it took me to put mine together? So it opens with one long song about her waiting for her person to come home. Mm -hmm. Hung up Madonna. Time goes by so slowly. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's hung up. She's hung up on him. And then when he shows up, Stevie Wonder uptight everything's all right Mm. and then they go to a restaurant not the movies because i couldn't find good songs for that so they got music for a sushi restaurant by harry styles okay and then they go slow dancing and the only one who really understands this is johnny rivers because they go slow dancing sway into the music oh yeah yeah, which has to be a future guilt-free pleasure absolutely yeah and then it ends with what they probably maybe did when they got home, but hopefully it's at the end of the night. Let's get it on, Marvin Gaye. Wow. Nice. That is my mixtape. I'm going to put this out there. I don't know if we're going to keep it or cut it, but when I saw her on the morning train video, and then I saw Krista Berg and Lady in Red, I thought there was some similarities. There are similarities, absolutely. The hairstyle is very similar. Very similar. So she's either got a Krista Berg look, or Krista Berg has got an early (laughs) Sheena Houston look. Or the guy from the monkeys. Who's the guy? Is it Peter? Is it Peter Pete? Tork? No, Peter Tork wore the toque. Oh, who's the guy? Is that Mickey? There's Peter Tork, Mike Nesmith, Davy mm. Jones, and Mickey Dolenz. Mm. Yes, that's correct. Is it Davy Jones? Let's see, Monkey. Davy Jones was the beauty, the cute one. Yeah. Either way, they both have a Davy Jones look to me. <laughs> was Davy Jones also the bad guy in the second Pirates of the Caribbean? Davy Jones Locker. Or was that somebody else? Well, that wasn't Davy Jones the monkey. It was Davy Jones the... Uh, it, was, it wasn't called Davy Jones, was it? Davy Jones Locker? 
So it had Davy Jones in it somehow. Fun fact, David Bowie's real name is David Jones. Oh, really? I think so. Did you know Michael Keaton's real name is Michael Douglas? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And Michael Douglas' real name is Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> Some of this is true. What's crazy about Sheena Easton and this song is it completely belies her future work. She worked a lot with Prince through the 80s. And this just seems sort of innocent. And everything else that she does after this is very much more mature. Yeah. And it feels like she was able to take charge of things. Yeah. Whereas this, she's doing whatever they told her to, which happens a lot with these pop idol people. But she found her own sort of voice. And she really does find great success. Her greatest hits album is pretty incredible. The first half is so good. I was like, whoa, I didn't realize all these songs were so fun. And I hadn't caught them because we were kids. And so our parents probably didn't want us listening to Sugar Walls. Probably not, no. Yeah. But she's done incredibly well and she's able to take charge of her career. Yeah. And when we looked up Morning Train by Sheena Easton, for me anyways, I always knew Sheena Easton and... I can't put my finger on a specific song, but knew her as what she did in the later 80s, more so than this song. But this is the song that propelled her to be able to do all those uh, all those songs mid to late 80s and, and early 90s, right? Yeah. And she does have one song that will most definitely be future guilt-free pleasure that she did with Kenny Rogers. Oh my goodness. Listen, Frank. We said we weren't going to talk about Dolly Parton, but Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton, of course, have Islands in the Stream. Yep. But Kenny Rogers and Sheena Easton have We've Got Tonight. Oh, that's right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes. There's so much more to do. There's <laughs> oh, so I much am so more. excited about that uh, episode. Should we record it right now? I think that's going to go with our Christmas episode on Baby It's Cold Outside because it's the same song. Is it? Well, I'm working on a theory. Oh, okay. It's a theory of everything, but it all revolves around Kenny and Sheena. It's string theory. It's everything. I'm ready to science that uh, that episode up. We'll have to bring a physicist in for that one. I hope you've enjoyed our episode on Morning Train, bracket, 9 to 5. And for our UK listeners, it's just the number 9 to 5. But then you're also confused because there's this other song called 9 to 5, which we're not talking about. We did not talk about it at all 17 times this episode. We hope that you are not ashamed of loving a song that is so silly. But when you hear those horns and those drums, you'll find us waiting for you. And we hope that when you're waking up every morning, stumbling out of bed, that you look forward to Bill and Frank's guilt-free pleasures.